Hey everyone, I just wanted to let you know that today we are bringing up the loss of a child. And we always want to try to give you the best tools that we can provide. So in the notes of this episode, you will find some information there if you or somebody you know is struggling through that kind of loss. Hey, I'm Don Amaro, and this is Through the Fire, a podcast about overcoming adversity, reframing misfortune, and celebrating courage. On this show, you're going to meet some really incredible people who have been through some heavy stuff, but they've come through the other side. And the hope is that you're encouraged and inspired by the words that you hear. My guest today is one of the most recognizable children's entertainers in North America, a musician and humanitarian. The iconic Fred Penner joins me today here on Through the Fire. Fred Penner, thank you so much for being here with me on Through the Fire today. Through the Fire, Don, Through it's a pleasure to be here. Thank yeah. you. Um, you've been called an icon. I know I call you that. <laughs> uh, Minister of Positivity. I've heard that. America's hero. And your fans call themselves Fredheads. There you go. Which is so cool. What, what's it like when you have those kind of accolades attached to your name? It, it means next to nothing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, truly. Because that, that is not, you know, when I started started in this business you know, when I started performing in the early 70s and then into the family direction, you know, the latter part of that decade, I never did anything in my life saying, boy, I, I want to be, I want to be the, the minister of positivity. I want to get a Manitoba, order of Manitoba. I want to be order of cattle. I want any of that was not in my brain at all. It was all about how I can get on a stage, play my guitar, and invite an audience to join me in, in, in that experience. And every performance I've done has given me some kind of, of feedback you know, on, on that level where, where I feel like I've accomplished something. And, and usually it's, it's like a one, one child perspective where, where there's one, one kid out there who, who comes up and, and says something, does something, that it's great, I got you. We're together on this, on this trip. So, so when, when I hear things like that, Sure, I'm a I'm a relatively positive guy. Minister of positive, fine. You know, if you need to find words like to describe <laughs> to describe me, well, go for it. But it's mm-hmm. it's not what I'm what I'm about, really. Yeah. You know, I was I was going to say you know, with within that uh, context of of being able to say it means almost nothing. I imagine what I what I take from that is is your success is not contingent on what other people say or do or how how they give you an award or give you something. You're, that's not your success. That's not what no, I'm I, hearing. No, I, I've not uh, approached anything that I do, you know, from that, from that point of view. The, uh, the, the beginning of the, of the career was clearly focused on, uh, well, you, you ready for a story off, off the top? Let's, let's sure. go. Yeah. Um, after I produced The Cat Came Back in 1979, um, before it had even been sold to Rafi's company, because that, that was the next step, it went to Troubadour Records in Toronto. Uh, but I, I had, and we, we did talk about this on a different uh, event, but that I had a sister who was born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And her, more than excitement, but getting deeply involved in music, in hearing sounds, she was nonverbal. I mean, she, she couldn't talk, but she made herself known, obviously. But I, I saw how music affected her to the point of tears, 
And as a young teenage you know, boy, seeing that was, whoa. So that's, that's what music is capable of doing. Yeah. So then the philosophy of never underestimate your ability to make a difference in the life of a child became a mantra for me. And, and it's been reinforced. This is the beautiful part is that message has been reinforced constantly throughout my, you know, my 45 plus career. And, uh, and the story that I, I wanted to allude to or was alluding to was after uh, one of the earliest performances after the cat came back had been produced was at the University of Manitoba in one of their, their big utility rooms, about 400 people. It was great. You know, we, I was so excited to be up there singing those songs. The audience was wonderful. After, they, they, they bought a ton of records, great. And there was one woman standing at the back of the, of the space, and she was just waiting. You know, she was obviously very patient and wanted to approach me. So I, uh, I acknowledged her, and, and when the signing was finished, we, we got together, we sat for a moment, and she needed to tell me about her family, that um, they, they had bought the Cat Came Back record, they had a little record player that they took into the, Saint, uh, the Victoria Hospital where their four-year-old child was, uh, had a brain tumor. And, uh, and they bonded, the family bonded through this, through this recording. And she wanted me to know how important that was to them. And the child did die. And, and it was, okay, so she's, she gave me that. And I, and I received it with, with such love and, and, and humility. I mean, that, that kind of thing, every person should feel something like that in their lifetime mm-hmm. where they where they feel like they've they've done something that someone else received on a on on a an emotional level to that degree and so i i thought okay that's that's what this trip is all about it's you never know if it's going to happen but it's starting that with that's with that's the basis of the integrity is do do what you do to the best of your ability and if it comes back to you with a with a story with a message like that, then thank you, thank you. Mm. I love that but story. It, it's it, yeah. it's and it's always there. It's mm. always clearly planted in my brain, and that was the beginning. And then, mm. as I said, you know, hundreds since then. You, I was going to ask you <clears> your earliest <throat> memory of music, and you had mentioned the story about watching your sister engage in music as a young teenager. Mm-hmm. Would you attribute that to being one of the earliest memories of music for you as, as your in- engagement in it? Or uh, No, it goes right back to, I mean, when I was very young, my parents were very much into the swing music, the, the Dorsey Brothers, the Benny Goodman, that, that world. They would re- play that. Uh, Opera. My dad loved opera. Mm. Uh, lots of classical orchestral stuff. Uh, you know, so I, I had just a beautiful assortment of, of songs that they were playing all the time. That I would, I would remember. I have a good musical memory, and so they would uh, they would play that, and I would delight in in hearing the sounds. And I would I remember the uh, the William Tell Overture. Mm-hmm. I remember probably three years old going downstairs on my, like, hand, hands first. So my, my legs are going boom, 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 down the stairs. And my hands are going boom, 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 
on the front, but but to the so I galloped literally downstairs to the William Tell Overture. I did that recently with my kids, and it doesn't work out so well for a guy my age. No, no, exactly. Got to start young on that one. Yeah, so so that that music was inside of me immediately, and they would have parties, and and there'd be lots of swing music and piano playing, and and then my older brother and sister were into. The music of the '50s, so the early boy bands and you know early rock and roll, mm. and then then I I moved into the uh, the '60s, the dear '60s, and uh, all of the wonderful tunes and, and performance from that world. Mm. But they all of it stuck. Mm. You know, I I remember remember it well. Right. So my earliest memories were back to you know two, three, four years old. Well, you are probably most commonly known as, as as a musician and entertainer. But I remember you saying to us once before in a previous conversation we've had is uh, regarding your career, you said, I didn't have a have a plan. It's all been an evolution. Mm. Would you share that evolution story? Because kind of, I connected with you and probably many of us through Fred, Fred Penner's place mm. uh, in the 80s and, <clears throat> and through the 90s. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't have a plan. From the beginning, I, I went to university, got got a BA in economics to fulfill my parents' desire for one of their kids to go to university. I was the first of my generation to do that. And uh, economics was the only degree that I could get where I could get a job with a BA because I knew I, I was not a good student. You know, I scraped through all, all the way through, you know, grade school. But there, there I was with a BA economics ready to work for the Central Mortgage and Housing Corporation. I'd written my civil service exams, and apparently I was fitted for that, whatever that meant. But I knew that was not what I really wanted to do, but I didn't know what direction it would go. And then Susie, sister with Down syndrome, she died. My father died a year later. Mm-hmm. And so I was, my foundation was completely rocked. So I made the internal commitment to try and make music my my path mm. and then it uh, it opened up you know many many doors along the way and rainbow stage and manitoba theater center and was uh, those pieces be pre fred penner's place yeah oh okay. yeah long, long pre okay that, that was the 70s the in 1971 Susie and, and dad died within a year of each right. other 73, I started up with Al Simmons and Cornstalk and a comedy show band mm. that toured, you know, chunks of Canada. And then in 77, the band broke up and I started moving in a, a, a direction to to sing things that were a little more serious, you know, because I, I uh, the, the, the insanity of of working with Al, it, uh, it it goes it goes deep, it goes deep. <laughs> it's been consistent, I'm sure, throughout his whole career. Yeah, exactly. I've had a chance to rub shoulders with Al a couple of times. I'm yeah. sure you. I'm sure you have. <laughs> we'll have to have him on. You, oh, you should. And yeah. and get, get yeah, that that was a, a delight working with Al recently in one of my projects and sitting mm. and talking seriously about about his world because mm. he's he he doesn't normally do that. Mm. But but then once the first record was out in '79. It was, oh, okay, now I've committed to vinyl. Let's see what that does. Because I, I had no intention of doing a record. But but then this uh, benefactor in Winnipeg, I had been doing a show with my, actually my ex-wife, uh, at the old Manitoba Theater Workshop Studios on, it's now, uh, I think, Grid River Community College on Princess. Mm-hmm. Doing a show, this doctor and his wife approached, said, would you like to do a record? Or, or do you have a record? Mm-hmm. I said, no, no, I hadn't 
they have no idea how to do that. They said, well, we'd like to finance it and basically mm-hmm. gave me a blank check and eight grand later, a cat came back, was born. Wow. And, and once you've got something like that, then it opens up whatever doors are waiting for you. And that was the perfect timing. The you know, the early 80s was Rafi, Sharon Wilson, Bram, myself, festivals across the country. Mm. And uh, unbeknownst to me, CBC had been following my my career, going to the festival, seeing who the young artists are coming up. And they uh, called me in 1985 and said, uh, we like what you're doing. Do you want to do a TV show? What? What? Sure. Mm. How? What do you want me to do? Because they didn't have a concept, mm. and that was uh, that was. I don't think that would ever happen again. Right. They, you know, they they didn't approach me they and say, "We want you because of who you are." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So it was, "What would you like to do?" They said to me, "Wow," and I said, "Well, how do I how do I do this? Where where would I even begin?" To put that piece so where together. Where did you begin? How did you? Well, well back to my childhood. You know mm. that that's been my like touchstone as I've gone through life. Is any songs that I write, I th- I think of them with with a, a child energy. Mm. You know, and uh, and and it doesn't dumb them down at all. It it sort of makes them smarter because mm. I because I feel the emotional connection with songs from from a younger perspective, and then I you know build it up. Hmm. So I went back to my childhood and thought about things that were important to me, and uh, and I. I mean, depending how much time we've got, I could tell you the the origin of the log. Hmm. That that was something, but I, I came up with the concept of the log, yeah, uh, the a natural environment, uh, you know, crawling through that virtual or that that. Uh, metaphorical log into Fred Penner's that place. Was, I, I imagine that's probably the most iconic thing is having that, that, cause I mean, that's a piece <laughs> that I, I would imagine all of us remember. I also remember you pulling the guitar out from behind the, the bushes or something. <laughs> yeah, that, th- yeah. Those two things, you crawling through the log and then you pulling the guitar out. And I always wonder like, where's these <clears throat> magical places that he's able to pull this guitar out yeah. from? But really I just got some hinges and a door or something. I'm sure it was something simple like that, but yeah. my childlike mind was fascinated. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That. Yeah, it yeah. was a it was a absolutely incredible thirteen year, mm. you know, nine hundred and fifty episode <laughs> journey. I I loved doing that. I loved I loved what it what it the pressure it put on me to to do it on mm. a, on a regular basis. Yeah, because it, it was uh, it was um, having to remember. It was a, it was a test of my of my uh, of my spontaneity. Mm. Be, because a lot of the shows weren't scripted, right? You know, it was just you. You crawl through. You say hello. You go here. You pick up that. You sing a song. You go over here. You come back. Welcome your guest. You know. You know. So it's just kind of like this show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Truly. It's just come on in, and we will do something together. You know. Mm. They knew the songs that were happening. It wasn't live, was it? No. No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I mean, live to tape, but yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Not live. Live. Interesting, uh, but but it, it was a wonderful journey that allowed me to bring so many incredible Canadian and some American talent mm. to you know through through the log into that space and mm. and I, I wish it was still either going. I, I would still be doing it mm. probably if I hadn't you know if they hadn't pulled the plug. Mm. But so here's a question. Yeah, the show is called Through the Fire. 
Mm. I want to talk about, and you, I'm going to open it up to you here. Is, the, is there a, a hardship or a moment in all of that, either in your career? I mean, we've only gone up to 1997 now with the end of the show. <laughs> right. But, you know, looking back, is there a moment where you were like, this is, this is a make or break season for me or a time? And there's probably multiple, you know, but I'm wondering, is there something that you look back at and go, That's, that was the crossroad for me? Well, I mean, truly, and I mentioned it already, the, the crossroad was mortality, mm. was Susie and Dad dying. Because I, 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 felt, uh, I felt very inadequate as a, as a musician. I, I felt inadequate as a student. Uh, I felt... I, I, I've, I've never had... A, a, do I have self-confidence? I mean, I've gained self-confidence over the time but i've always been very self-critical as well so when when that when that change happened with you know with with Susie and dad it was whew, i i'm not trained for anything i have no skills i don't i don't know how to do that i can't fix that yeah. so what what am i what am i going to do with my with my life mm. and uh and it i mean fortunately it turned really really quickly for me. I mean, that... They turned the, in a good way? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the soul-searching that I did, you know, at, at, that, at that time, because I, I, my foundation was clearly rocked at that, at that moment. Was there something that you clung to to kind of pull you through that season? Was it, it sounds like maybe meditation yeah. and self-reflection. Well, it, certainly self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, you know, I hadn't been... Nobody said... Do that, you know. Find find a way to to do that that self awareness or self and you know the meditation to figure it out. I'm I'm thinking back to to when when Susie died. Mm. That was probably the most intense moment. I, I was working for how old uh, Susie have been? She was twelve. 12. Yeah, and we knew that she wouldn't make it past you know past about twelve because right. she was born with a serious. Heart murmur, mm. which is common with Down syndrome children, mm. children with Down syndrome. I imagine that would have been a scary time too, like the idea of knowing that there is this mortality looming, sure, in her life. Yeah, and obviously in yours as well. Seeing that coming for her, like watching that from it. Yeah, from and brother. as and as the last couple of three years of her life, because her blood was so so thick, because it was not being purified properly or well. Her her face started to change, you know. The, mm. the color of her face was changing, um, and ultimately the, uh, the the they put her on blood thinners on a digoxin, which yeah thins your blood, but her her organs started to grow, you know, as she reached puberty, and and the blood flow just couldn't couldn't be maintained in that. So so she mm. died, and and I was, you know, so we, we knew it was close, but. But you didn't know when, yeah. and I was uh, I was working for the city of Winnipeg uh, as a, a street street cleaner, and uh, and I was on the corner of, you, you know, on on the, on the the turn off of Jubilee, uh, or uh, off of Pemina Highway going left on Jubilee. It's now yeah. it's now a roundabout. Yeah. Well, on on that corner on the south side of the street, I was, you know, I was tri- trimming a tree or cutting the grass or something, and a police car pulled up. And I thought, oh, what did I do? What did I do? Mm. 
was it that chocolate bar that I stole from Kerr's pharmacy back 10 years ago? Did they finally catch, you know? So I, I started thinking, what have I done? I felt, I felt challenged there, whatever. And then, then they, they came up, the two of them, and, and said that Susie had died. And I've, I've never experienced this before, but my body dropped. You know, I, I just fell to the ground. I thought, oh my. And it was... Uh, that that kind, I mean, it's, it's not cathartic, but it's it's a very intense thing when you when you hear that a loved one is gone. Mm. What what your whole you go through shock. You know, I was certainly in shock mm-hmm. for a bit, and then uh, and, and then you start putting the pieces back together. Mm. And, and and my my father was you know had cancer. He was uh, an alcoholic all my life, and mm-hmm. yeah. So after Susie. After Susie died, uh, about six months later, my, my father passed mm-hmm. as well, and uh, and and he uh, he was alcoholic, so there are many sobering. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. odd odd odd, yeah. odd I should pick that word yeah. uh, moments that we we went through. You know, really really, uh, he, he was he was a loving, caring dad, but but he had he had the disease, mm-hmm. and uh, and and no matter what we tried to do. You know, he, he couldn't change out of that, and he smoked, you know, a pack, pack a day plus of export plain, mm. no filter. His fingers were, you know, heavy, heavy brown yeah. stained, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there were some hard memories of of that. And mm. then he uh, he had cancer, um, and and a year less than a year later, he died. Mm. So so there there it was. So you when know, you say I, the mortality. Was it was a major, yeah, thing for you in your journey and 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 wrestling with that, yeah. yeah, and 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 not feeling that I had any capable skill to to go any farther. I don't know what if I hadn't had the music. I don't know where my life would have mm. gone. Uh, I would not have been a successful civil mm. servant. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but the yeah the the mortality and and this is this is not uncommon. I, I've talked to other musicians along the way who have lost you know lost parents early because I was twenty one years old. Yeah, you know I'm I'm just a young man, mm-hmm. and the, and there it was. Well, let's let's see if this works. Mm. You know, and and the I mean the, the blessing for me is the timing was perfect. You know, I have lots of, of young people coming up now and saying, I, I'd love to do what you do. I'd love to get into mm. that. And I I can't begin to give them much advice. Right. Other than you, you have to follow your bliss. You have to follow your heart mm. and come up with with your philosophy of why you want to do that. It's not, mm. if, you, if you're doing it for money, forget it. You're, you're going to lose right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. You have to do it the money because could it's come, but yeah, yeah. But that's not the that's not the, the catalyst exactly. And uh, so I, I I just gained all of these little snippets, and I I appreciate in me my ability to to see these moments and to take them in into my heart, into my spirit. You know, little little things that can happen that will oh, there's one, oh, there's mm-hmm. another one, and that and the, these keep feeding me mm. in a in a very real way along this along this path and, and but i i i'm the luckiest man in the world i mean 45 
plus years of being allowed to do this. I often say you know? for my journey, I've often said, uh, I've had the audacity to believe that I could be successful as a musician. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and, and, and I concur with your audacity. I don't think I've ever said that before, <laughs> but it sounds good. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. And now back to the show here with Fred Penner. I, I, I mentioned this to you before, too, in conversation, that there are some similarities between us in terms of... You've said that at a, as a, at a young age, you had to take on responsibilities far sooner than you should have had yeah. to as a young, 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 maybe even a teenager. I don't know when that no. would have been for you, but I, yeah. I, I relate to that story because that was a lot of, like mine. And, and, it, and that is common enough. You know, mm-hmm. The parentification, it's called parentification of children, where, where a child is given the responsibilities that the adult should be handling. Mm. And... Uh, and and that's, it's, it's not right to do that. Parents have to, but, but that's, oh, I mean, it's so common. Because mm. trying to find your way in this world is, is ridiculous. You know, I, I mean, getting, getting... Being an adult, let alone a child. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Learn, learning to be, learning to be a, a, a good human being, you know, before you even, even get into a relationship. And then learning to be a, a good, a good mother or father, you don't have. You generally don't have a temp, template for that. It's oh, I'm now going to have a son. What does that mean? What am I? How am I going to? How am I going to take anything out of my insanity and out of my confusion about who I am and pass it on to to another human being? You know, and and I think that's the cycle that keeps keeps going and and, and learning. To be uh, honest, ultimately, with yourself, yeah. and being honest with your kids, if you if you mess up along the way, yeah. you know, and, and not being afraid to say, "I'm really sorry," you know, I I'm that's, sorry, that's I'm so sorry that point. I did that. Yeah, you know? for, for my kids, that one of the things that we, I, I grew up with parents that never said sorry. Yeah, no, and who did really? <laughs> but I think I apologize to my kids every day, <laughs> which might be a bit of a. A sign of the kind of parent I am, but I uh, I find myself in that place of that vulnerability and 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 really just saying to my kids and looking at them and just saying I messed up, you yeah. know I'm not perfect I'm going to make mistakes exactly and and that's a beautiful lesson for them mm. to know so you're you're being a good dad when you say that I'll remind them yeah <laughs> um uh, kind of switching gears again for you proudest moments of your career do you have a couple of things that are like this is it sounds like the, to me that the, the the highlights for you, I, I think sometimes you and I are cut the same. Maybe, mm. maybe I'm cut from the same Fred Penner cloth, but is, is the highlights for you come when you, when you see a connection being made with somebody, somebody's made to your music? Or that you oh, there's, yeah, there's, as I said, there's literally hundreds of those. Um, moments that, I, I mean, there's, there's personal highlights along the way. When I received my Order of Canada, Mm. My my mother, 
This is long after my dad died. But my mom came to Ottawa with me mm. to Rideau Hall, and we, <laughs> we did that experience together. Yeah. And, uh, so more than the award, the fact that your mom was Oh, there, yeah. Was, yeah. It, the award was, was absolutely secondary right. to doing that with my mom, mm. you know, because she'd, cool. she'd been through, you know, her, her trip, you know, keeping the family together. It was the matriarchal family. Mom, mom was strong. She was, she was the rock. Mm-hmm. But, but dealing with, with an alcoholic husband mm-hmm. for, well, they, for, for decades. And uh, my dad died in his early 60s. My mom was in her, in her mid, or mid, mid-50s, late 50s. They were five-year difference. And she lived to 92. <laughs> you know, so she had another, she had another life after, after she dad died. Right. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was. She had some friends from Melville, Saskatchewan, who knew the mayor of Melville, and they they actually had a little party together. And the mayor of Melville uh, proposed marriage to my mother, and uh, and mom told us about this. And well, mom, that you would have been, you know, you would have been on easy street. You wouldn't have to worry about it. And she said, "Why would I want to do that to myself?" You know, she loved my dad mm. so deeply. They they had a like a beautiful beginning relationship, and she she really cared about him, mm. and uh, and and she she would never ever have have remarried because mm. she she had and she carried that all those years all, after all the years gone. yeah my my dad was the was the catch of Winkler he was uh, he was a musician he played he played drums he played clarinet he was in in plays he was very erudite. He was politically minded. He 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 was a a, a debater with the the Winkler uh, High School, and they would debate the University of Manitoba, you know, university students, and would shellac them, <laughs> you know, in 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 the debate. So so Dad was was a really interesting guy, and I I just I have such n- not regret but sadness for him that that he got so so lost. Mm. That he wasn't able to to meet my kids, you know, to yeah. become a grandfather, all of that. So I I I carry that with me, mm. you know, my and and wanting to be a better father mm. because my dad wasn't, you know, wasn't the greatest dad. We didn't do a lot of stuff together, but uh, it sounds like you had an yeah. affinity for him nonetheless. Was, oh yeah, I mean, they, when I was younger, there was some there were some really beautiful, sensitive moments that we you know that we shared mm. and played with, but. But I think when when I needed him more was in my teens, mm. and that that wasn't there. So I, mm. I was of my own uh, on my own path. But but I, I kept I kept pushing and kept trying and you know covered whatever bases I could. And uh, mm. apparently it's turned out. <laughs> but you've also done a lot of work, and and I mean. I keep saying this today, and, and I probably will say it in every one of these podcasts. Mm. But everybody they had have on here, it, I get this sense that that there's this attitude of service, and I think that's a common theme of, of the guests that I've had on so far. At oh, least. good. Um, and and I feel like you've had that heart in, in in partnering with UNICEF and World Vision. You've done work with them, which obviously are big services on, on the planet. Yeah. And you've done a lot of work with them. Why is that so important to you? The, the idea of giving giving back in that way. Well, I, th- I think a huge part of it is I, I got to a point of of believing in my ability to create something that would go into the world. Uh, again, how the world perceives it is is none of my business, and we we've talked about that. We've joked about that <laughs> one before, 
but uh, I, 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 I grew to really like what I was doing and, and appreciate what I was doing. And as the feedback kept coming in, uh, again, it wasn't anything I'd ever planned to do, mm-hmm. but because my notoriety started to, uh, notoriety, that's the wrong word, my, my visibility, my popularity, whatever, because mm-hmm. notoriety is notorious is part of it. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's a meaning there that's not quite, doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I won't call, I won't use notoriety. But, but I was feeling like there was a progression happening, that I was getting stronger, that my work was getting better. Uh, you know, the gigs were happening, people were seeing me, and, and eventually, you know, UNICEF came and said, Can you, would you like to do something with our, with our campaign? Absolutely. You know, there's no question there. The Down Syndrome Society said, can you come to our conference and, and you know, play and uh, interact there? N- no question at all. And, mm-hmm. and so UNESCO, uh, UNICEF World Vision came, uh, came to Pacan, my uh, booking agency, and asked if, if Pacan had anybody in their roster who they thought would be, would be good to go to uh, Africa on a on a journey for third world children, mm. because there was a an, another woman from Toronto who uh, who was lined up to do that, but couldn't go because she got pregnant. So they were looking for an alternative, and and, and you weren't pregnant, and I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> I don't think I was pregnant, and so she uh, so they they approached me and, and asked if I wanted to do that, and I mm. lovely, and and my son Damien and I we went mm. to Zambia and. Uh, Went into this little village of Colomo, and I, through a translator, I talked to these three families and mm. uh, about their experience, their world. That must I, have been incredible. Oh, see, it was, mm. yeah, it was. I, it, it, looking back on it now, I, I could not do that again, just, just because the weight, because I'm you know, white, oh. because I'm because I'm a bearded white man, going into a village, of. Of African children, weren't you not then you also know? bearded white man? I was, I was then, but I didn't think of it in the same terms. Oh, okay, you know, you know, uh, I, I would feel guilty doing it now. You know, I, I the thinking of the history. Well, well, yeah, thinking of of the yeah of the colonialism, you know, and and certainly that's that's rampant in, in Africa and mm-hmm. all around the world. So, understanding my my position. You know, in, in as a uh, as a white male, I mean, I'm I'm a privileged soul. Was it in question when you were there? No, no, not okay. at all. Okay. No, but uh, mm. but in in retrospect, mm. I I wonder that the 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 weird thing with that was there's lots of money goes into World Vision to go to these places to try and and uh, and present stories that aren't some of the stories they do are 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 really heart wrenching. In a way where they show the, the the children in squalor and see this poor child, give money, give today, you know that kind of thing. They approached my program from a positive point of view. You know, it was these people are are having really hard hard time. You know, seven people living in a mud a mud hut. You know, on the floor, don't even have don't even have pillows. Mm. You know, so you see all that. But but then I would I would bring up my guitar. And I would sing for the kids, and I would play, and we would, 
I, I'd be walking through through this crowd, and the kids were singing and following, and it there was lots of joy in in the course of that mm. of that show, which hopefully would encourage from that angle people in in the Western world to to be supportive of mm. of children in the third world, you know, adoption and all that business. But it was a hard it was a hard hard trip to mm. to go through. I can imagine, yeah. But I, I uh, I'm glad I did it. It um, it it taught me, you know, some some things mm-hmm. in my in my being. But uh, but yeah, so th- those were those were powerful moments. At any rate, yeah. we've only I mean, you've got vast experience in all areas of, of, of this world of, of music and entertainment and, and 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 doing what you do. I can only scratch the surface. I'm sure in the time that we have together here. Uh, but I want to ask you two last things. One, what are you up okay. to now? What are you doing these days? What I'm doing these days, my life transition has happened where where my wife and I now have a, a half acre of green on Vancouver Island mm-hmm. and we're growing stuff and and I'm I'm listening to birds every morning and I'm listening to the calm and I go out and and, and look at the stars and, and there's there's a lot of um of very sensitive awareness of myself in nature my my wife ray ellen is is a, a head a buddhist practice has been a huge part of her life mm. so we meditate together sometimes but every morning for some some degree either 10 15 minutes half an hour plus 5 minutes of metta and metta is a particularly focused meditation for someone in your in your life who you, who you feel is in need you know it, it can be to yourself you can give yourself meta or you can give it to others but it's that mm. it's basically prayer you know mm. but, but getting into that and and just finding your your calm your balance within your own spirit and then then starting your day and doing doing what you're going to do i've i've got lots of music still inside of me we'll see when that when that comes out i'm uh i i've your written last album was 2017 yeah, 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 and it and it it did did quite well, mm. you know, in in positioning it. It won Western Canadian Music Award, uh, Folk Music, and Juno mm. that year. So it was. Uh, I'm really pleased with that one. It covered covered some pretty interesting territory. Mm. But but there's more there's more to come. I'm not done that. But I'm I'm still I still feel I have some something to say in this world. Some vibrancy. I, I want to write. I'd like to, you know, get some of my my stories and perspectives down on on paper. And I'm encouraged to write I'm a book. Surprised that hasn't happened yet. I think well, you, that really should. Yeah. Well, I, I it it could have by now if I had been comfortable in in asking a ghost in finding a ghostwriter, mm. someone I who like you, I could tell the stories to, and you can translate it. Mm. But I'm I've been a solo act for such a long time, you know, regardless of playing with lots of Right. Other people, but I—it's I, a new frame of mind. It is. I—I've yeah. I, not collaborated on uh, on many projects along mm-hmm. the way, musical projects. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, so w- when I think about writing something, I, I think about me writing it. You know, someone can edit it, but but I, I need to find that in myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm writing down stories, things like we're talking about here, yeah, yeah. and eventually perhaps a. My my daughter Haley, who I think you've met along the mm-hmm. way, she uh, she gave me a task and said, 
by the time you're 80, so I've got five years to go here, <laughs> write down your story. Mm. You know, so I've got five years to write okay. it. So there we are. I look forward to that. <laughs> Me too. Fred, last thing I want to ask you okay. today. I want to ask all my guests this question. Okay. Um, a favorite book, podcast, documentary, could be music that you're listening to these days that uh, or you're tuning into. Oh, uh, favorite Favorite, either one, yeah, one, one of those any, any of those. Yeah. Well, I, we've been listening to a thing called Smartless. <laughs> I it, know the one. Do you? With with uh, <laughs> Will with, Arnett, with with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes. and Sean Hayes. So that that's that's a regular go to. You know, yeah. some evenings if we don't flip on the Netflix or whatever, you know, we will sit and listen. Yeah. You know, it's like like going back to the old days where you listen to the radio. Yes. So we listen to Smartless. There's a, a wonderful a Buddhist teacher. His name is Joseph Goldstein, and and he does he does meditations, talking about his experiences along the way, or you know, speaking with Dalai Lama or whoever. So we'll we'll sit and listen to his perspectives in life, and those are those are are, are very deep and meditative, and I, I I enjoy dipping in there on occasion. Yeah. I'm I'm not not reading a whole lot right now. I'll I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll find a nice mystery or something. Mm. But, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, that's that's sort of where my life is going now. Well, Fred, I am always appreciative of the time you give to me and yeah. the projects that I'm working on, whether it be uh, this or another podcast or playing an actor in one of the little movies I'm making. So, <laughs> yeah, right. um, thank you, Fred. Well, I, I, I appreciate you, Don. You're, you're spending some really hard energy in making these things happen, I mean, you know, there's other things you could be doing in your life, but but you're but you're you're trying to bring something forward out of out of others, myself included, mm. and uh, and I I applaud your I applaud your work and wish you the best. Oh, thanks, Fred. Thanks, Don. As I always say, it takes a village to run things here at Through the Fire, and I want to thank my village executive producer Sarah Burke. Administrators Lori Brown and Alan Grayeyes. Video and audio design by Chris Godry and his team at 44 Films. Feisty creative for their design work. Social media support by Johnson Design Company. And last but far from least, I want to thank our technical producers, Matt Kundle and Evan Serminski from the Sound Off Media Company. I look forward to sharing more great conversations just like this one on the next Through the Fire. You see the light. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.